I think that art can show a vast majority of things within the community, how the town feels about itself, the worth of the individual making it, as well as just expressing a story through whatever the artist is going through to show the community, this is how I feel about where we are and who we are as people. start off, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, kind of where you're from, where you live, that kind of thing. Alright, well, my name is Nadia Connect. I'm from Ambridge and I currently live there now. What do you like about Ambridge? I think the people are there are fantastic and I love the small businesses that are coming and trying to start up. And I like that the town is trying to bring itself back together after falling apart while I was growing up. What's the art scene like in Ambridge? I haven't really noticed an art scene, and I think it's just because everybody's quite quiet about it. And the more people my age have been showing their stuff off and just posting it in random places, it's been showing up a lot more, especially with the Genesis Collective coming in. I think this year it was, people are starting to show off a lot more. Is this the sound that you Connect. I'm a cartoonist, and you're listening to the Genesis Collective podcast. The Genesis Collective, supporting local artists and their work, making art more accessible, and putting art back into our communities. I'm Kevin Farkas, one of the hosts of the podcast. On this episode, we feature a conversation we recorded as part of the Genesis Collective's innovative Black Creatives and Beaver County interview series. An opportunity for Beaver Countyans to introduce themselves, talk about their art and the creative process, and to reflect upon what it's like being Black in Beaver County. Nadia Connect of Ambridge, Pennsylvania is our featured artist. You can find out more about Nadia in the show notes to this episode, including a link to her on Instagram. There, you can see a wide range of Nadia's cartooning talent. That's right. Nadia is a visual artist who specializes in character illustrations. It's a serious art form, this cartooning, stretching as far back as the Middle Ages, where stylized drawings of characters were produced as patterns or models for artists making stained glass, frescoes, or tapestries. Fun fact, Leonardo da Vinci was a cartoonist. It wasn't until modern times and mass media, starting around the middle of the 19th century, that the stature of cartooning rose to the artistic level of political editorials, comic strips and books, and animated movies. Today, with digital tools, cartooning is a sophisticated and elevated art form. We'll let Nadia explain why cartooning matters to her personally and professionally as a black creative in Beaver County. And stick around for our public art highlight. We visit Zuverman, the world's largest bodybuilder standing tall in front of the Brickyard Gym in Darlington, Pennsylvania. Now let's get back to our conversation with Nadia, who talks about her motivation and inspiration as an artist. 
I like to read and I spend time with my son and playing with him and making up stories as well as playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's one of my main inspirations to continue working and drawing with my grandma. <laughs> She's been an artist forever. She's colorblind and still fantastic at the things she does. And she was the reason I got into drawing in the first place. And she has been one of those main motivations for me to start taking art seriously. And she loves the characters that I make and wants to help me write a little kid's book so my son can have something that his mom made. And she's super proud of that. She's been an artist forever. Whenever she would babysit my sister and I, she would just break out pencils and paper and let us paint with the stuff that wasn't super important. And she would praise us for the things that we'd make and help us improve slowly but surely. And then once I turned 11, she noticed that I got really into it and started um, pushing me to start doing other things as well as my mom. I've noticed that around the age 11 is when people start to take art really seriously for themselves and when they start to develop that sense of creative self. And it's really lovely to see kids trying to find their footing whenever they're still in those beginning stages, but they create the most amazing pieces of work because it's so abstract and it's basically the world through their eyes. I liked animals and I liked drawing uh, I liked drawing girls. I think that the female body has always been very interesting to me. And I'm learning how to draw men once again, but it's just the female form tends to come in a thousand more shapes than I've seen in masculine media. So it's something that I've more gravitated towards, especially since that's what my body type is. So it was easier for me to learn. Character design is what I'm mostly into, is mostly the character aspect. Making a new face feels like making a new friend for me. When I'm putting pencil to paper, it seems I'm losing all sense of self and I'm just more focused on making a face to the way I want it to be and to put an entire personality in just a single figure as it develops on paper, whether it be through their clothing or through their facial expressions or through their hair type. It's just been a bunch of scribbling nonsense that becomes a very beautiful person. If I intend on using that character to tell a story or in certain cases playing D&D, I dump all of my issues into that one character and help myself work through it vicariously through that character. It turned into something that I would deal with my trauma with. And after that, it became something that just became Sephika in nature. I was in a car crash when I was 11, so that was very, so it was something super comforting for me. And now it's something that I do whenever I need comforted or I'm tired and I just need something to look back on and feel happy with. I feel like it absolutely is something that really helps, especially when it comes to mental health. It, in a sense, helps you get your feelings out onto paper or um, with paint on a canvas or on a digital tablet, whatever you use. It's just something that helps you get those thoughts out without having to deal with it directly. And so that way it's a little indirect way of handling yourself without having to ask for help, but it helps you self-regulate in a way. At least that's how I see it. It's helped me self-regulate from 12 to now, so. <laughs> I think people are really pretty, so I typically stop and ask them, like, hey, can I use your outfit for something? Or I go onto Pinterest, and after that, I come up with, what do I want this person to look like? Do I want them to have any skin conditions? Do I want them to 
be pale? Do I want them to be dark? What would I like them to be? I pick their skin tone and then work from there to how do I want this character to carry themselves? And from that stuff, I pick the clothes and then I'll pose them in a way that shows their strengths and or weaknesses depending on where I want to let them be. I show that nothing is ugly in a sense because I view that process as like growing flowers where there's wrinkles or tears or freckles on these things and they're still beautiful. So it shows off how beautiful these forms can be despite looking the way that they do. So flowers, they come in hundreds of forms. I've seen flowers with multicolors. I've seen flowers that have wrinkles or some that have freckles or some that are torn, but we still see them as pretty creatures or pretty, pretty things that we want to take home or to give to our partner. And it made us think of them. In that case, that can be translated over to people despite how we view others based on social norms. Everybody deserves to feel like they're beautiful, just like flowers. And that's kind of how I started creating all of my characters to begin with, too, is I think everybody's pretty. <laughs> I love seeing kids smile. I love working with children. And I want to be able to have people become creatives because I know occasionally the education system just beats it out of you. Cartoons have impacted me the most. so. In that case, it's shown me how to deal with my emotions in a very exaggerated type of way to help me deal with them personally. And with that form of media, it pushed me to start making media similar to that because I want to tell stories in a way that's not boring per se, if that makes sense. Because I feel like real life can constantly look the same, but cartoons are forever malleable in different forms, whether it be stop motion or completely animated. They're both mediums that just express whatever you're trying to tell in a different light, and it's a beautiful thing. That conversation would be, what are you seeing in this character and how do you build off of it for myself? In that sense, it's like, oh, well, this character's happy. Why is that? What's their story? Why do they look like that? And they make it up themselves because I don't give any background on the characters that I put out. I let people project themselves onto the things I'm making because I have projected myself, so why not let other people do that too? It helped me realize that I've been dealing with a lot of stuff internally that I didn't think I was dealing with until it was shown to my face, but it helped me realize that there's a lot of different people that can express things differently as well as be who they want to be and still coexist and be essentially happy while dealing with a lot of difficult and heavy topics. I did deal with codependency. I did deal with feeling like I never belonged wherever the heck I was. And I obsessed over that. And whenever I clung on to these characters, it helped me work on myself seeing them develop. And it helped me figure out, oh yeah, this person doing this thing to me is kind of wrong and kind of messed up. So I need to remove that from my life in order to be a better person. People tend to think that animated media is for children and only for children, so they tend to steer clear from it. In my case, I think that if I use it to portray things that people wouldn't probably be able to express with their words, maybe they'd start taking things a bit more seriously.
Just because it's a 2D cartoon doesn't mean that it's worth less and doesn't mean that it's expressing anything that's just childlike. I post most of my artwork on Instagram to begin with, but a lot of things suppress black artists as a whole, so I have to figure out a way to pump it out to other people so they can share it out with me. And with my networking, with my big creator friends that I have, they've been helping me build a platform for myself as well as helping me improve by giving me tips on what I could do different with my character shapes and expressions and all of that. For sake of example, I'll use TikTok. There are a lot of things that black artists will make and they'll put out there, but TikTok will not show that to pretty much anybody, but then a white creator will pick that up and it'll immediately get put all over the front page while without being credited. And when they're talking about their own issues, they will be basically silenced or banned or taken off the platform or their words will be muted. And if you show that you're black while you're drawing, they won't show at all. Um, I figured that out the hard way. So I started just showing my pencil work and that show, started showing my stuff out more rather than um, making sure my hand was seen. So I have to navigate things a little carefully so that way if something's noticed, I can at least be seen. It, it sucks, but I do what I can until things get fixed and we make sure we voice our concerns with everything. So, But at the same time, it's also a consumer issue where they won't interact with our content because they are so used to seeing what their norm is. Mm -hmm. So if they typically will not interact with darker skinned people or brown people in general, that's why all of these platforms are more catering towards whiteness. And it's not meant to be like racist or anything like that. It's just, it's just what consumers tend to gravitate towards because that's what they were shown their whole lives. I think that art can show a vast majority of things within the community, how the town feels about itself, the worth of the individual making it, as well as just expressing a story through whatever the artist is going through to show the community, this is how I feel about where we are and who we are as people. Whenever you see art around town, like a mural or just a little art gallery that's happening, you typically see what feelings are going on through that artist as well as how the town feels about itself. I haven't really noticed a black creative community in Beaver County, but at the same time, we are a rather small minority over there, especially in Ambridge. But I know that I host things for kids at the library or if there's events going on, I'll paint faces and just network with their parents and show the kids that they are absolutely able to make a career or do something with themselves out of artwork. I'd hope to see more artists showing off their work around town more than just the library. Um, seeing people decorate their buildings or ask for murals on the side of their buildings or just display other people's artworks inside. They don't have to sell them or anything like that. It's just to show off that they do appreciate the artists of their towns as well as just showing that we do give a crap about our community too. I know people tend to steer clear from places that they perceive as boring, and the only thing that we have going on right now is we have a couple of film productions happening, and that's why we have more tourists coming in. But after that, a lot of businesses are going to close down, or um, people will start thinking that we're not worth anything anymore once these productions leave, and the entire town morale will just tank again. I feel like art more or less 
shows that people care about things. They typically won't make art if they don't care. And even if it's for themselves, you typically wouldn't make something if you didn't care about yourself or didn't care about the thing that you were trying to portray in the work you're using. So it's not more of a form of self-worth, but it's more of a, hey, I give a crap about this thing. You wanna see it? I wanna share it with you. I feel like most of the money that we get in town typically goes to our athletics program and not really towards the businesses here or the artists here, but they wanna show off how cool our Ambridge Bridgers are. And no flack to them, I love them. They're trying their best and I love that for them. It's more just if we could distribute money a little bit more, I think that we'd be able to support our artists more and have things be put up so people can do things without having to just go to the library once a week to see somebody play music or have a once a week thing at, again, the library for artwork. I'd love to see more public art, absolutely. To have a community work on a mural, that would be everything to me. <laughs> For me, after a lot of the events that happened last year, it's been very scary for me. But at the same time, I'm in a community full of people of color and they are the most wonderful people I've ever met. And it's at that point where it's like, people don't know how to approach you whenever you're a person of color because they think that, oh, well, their first thing is, oh, this person's black, so I have to work through my stereotypes that I have in my head, maybe they're one of those. Um, and sometimes it's, oh, cool, new person, nice to meet you. So you have to just figure out how to read people um, looking the way that I do. And I've gotten pretty good at it now, but when I was in school, it was quite weird because the white people that were with me, they would essentially make fun of me for not being black enough or think that my hair is something to touch, even though it's, I'm not a petting zoo and it, I'd prefer to be asked, but at the same time, it's just curiosity because people aren't taught how to handle people that don't look like them, or they don't learn about it at home and their parents aren't helping. But it's something that we have to grow up with pretty much every day, so I have to just navigate the world trying to make sure I can read everyone and make sure it's like, oh, this person's chill, cool. I can conversate with them and talk about artwork with them and do all these things and show off how pretty these brown people I drew were. <laughs>
a national publication and authority on more than 15,000, and I quote, odd and hilarious travel destinations throughout North America. Zuverman, aka Big Z, by owner Rick Tsai, shares company with other nearby odd roadside attractions, such as Randyland in Pittsburgh, all those slimy carp up in Pimatuning, Lake Spillway, and the Trundle Manor House of Oddities in Swissville, not to mention the largest teapot in Chester, West Virginia. We'll let you discover Zuberman for yourself. Check out the show notes for this episode. Roadside America says that a visit to Darlington to see him is worth a detour from whatever you're doing to check out the impressive 20-foot golden statue at the Brickyard Gym. We'll let you decide if the handcrafted plaster figure should be considered serious and worthwhile public art. Is this just a marketing gimmick? Does its commercial purpose detract from its representational and aesthetic qualities? We have our opinions, of course. We wouldn't feature Zuverman in our public art highlight if we didn't think the sculpture had some artistic merit. But we recommend that you go see it for yourself. Walk up to it and around it. It's big, really big. Take a photo and let us know what you think of Big Z. That does it for this episode of the Genesis Collective Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring local Beaver County artists, more art talk, news, and events about the Genesis Collective, and our spotlight on public art throughout the county and in your community. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Genesis Collective Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, gcollective.org. I'm Kevin Farkas. See you next time. You are listening to a production of the Genesis Collective. Supporting local artists and their work. Making art more accessible. And putting art back into our communities. What I want you to know above all is that the Genesis Collective is about you. It's about our community. It's about something that is crucial to who you are as a human being. It taps into a power that we don't realize we have. Artists are making things. This is who they are and what they want to do. Please dream with us, get involved.